as of 2014, 50 more 50% of more people are depressed than they were in 2014 today. Um, so it's insane that we have all these people that are feeling all these emotions. And the truth is we're living in a society where we don't know what to do with them. And so here's what I believe. I want to do something um, in this service that is going to kind of help us set up the rest of this series. This series is actually going to be five weeks. We don't normally do one this long. And if I'm just being candid, we usually don't do them this long because I'm ADD and I can't stay on a topic that long. Um, so I usually like to keep it short so I can laser focus on this. But this one is so, so important. And what I want to do, especially if you're a man in here, here's what I know. I want to kind of make a case. I kind of want to make an argument as to why this is so important to talk about. Because I know what some of you men are thinking. I don't have emotions and I don't need to talk about them. (laughs) Right? Like, I don't deal with those issues. And so what I want to do this morning is tell you why this is so important. Because here's what I've come to believe over the past few months. You cannot be spiritually mature and emotionally immature. You can't be spiritually mature and emotionally immature. They go together. So here's what I'm praying. Here's what I'm believing. I've been praying for you the past few weeks that God would begin to do something so significant internally in our lives. I genuinely believe that the reason that many of us have a hard time connecting with God like we want to and like we feel that we ought to is because emotionally we're stuffing some things down. And to be quite honest, we don't even know what we feel. So let's pray, because I just want to invite the Holy Spirit into this place that he would do only what he could do. Because the truth is, it's not about my words. The truth is, I pray today that your heart would be open to a God that is a whole lot more gracious than you really think that he is. So let's pray. Father God, I pray right now that you would come and do the work that only you could do. God, I pray for those that are nervous, for those that are scared. God, I pray for those that maybe they've walked into church for the first time in a long time, and they have no idea what to expect. God, I just pray for those that are dealing with the anxiousness and the depressions and the tragedies of life, that you would speak to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you have ever asked this or maybe said this to God? God, I just don't understand why you'd allow that to happen. Anybody anybody ever say that? Anybody, Anybody ever so bold to say this? Like, God, I just don't get it. Like, why would you allow such a bad thing to happen to a good person? Let's just be honest, show of hands. How many of you have ever asked that question? The truth is, I think that we often say things like that because we don't even really understand what we feel. The truth is, sometimes we feel fear and we don't even know why we feel fear. The truth is, sometimes we feel anxiousness and we don't even know why we feel anxiousness. I talked to a young man the other day who had to pull his car over to the side of the road. He had a panic attack and he didn't even know where it came from. Like, where is all of this coming from, this anxiousness, this depression, this anger, this bitterness, and even this questioning of why would such a good God allow such horrible things to happen to people? Here's what I've learned over the past few years, that every emotion says something about our relationship with God. Every emotion says something about our relationship with God because emotions vocalize the inner workings of our soul. So let me put it to you this way. In your life, your emotions are like the red blinking light in your car. Saying, change your oil, dummy. (laughs) I remember the first car I got, my dad helped me get it, which by the way, my dad's here this morning. Would you give a hand? Or he's here this morning, just want to honor him. 
remember one of the first things, he, he helped me buy the first car. He said, son, change the oil. And I thought that was just a suggestion. <laughs> like six months later, this amazing car that he helped me buy was no longer working on the road. Long story short, I was driving on the interstate on a date with at the time my fiance, my wife, and my, my car caught on fire. And uh, she's like, is this normal? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure all cars do this kind of stuff. But emotions are the indicators that something is going wrong. So when you have this outburst of anger, your emotions are trying to tell you something. Something in your soul is not right. When you look at that person in the face and you see that person that reminds you of an emotion that you don't want to feel, your emotions are telling you something is going on. Here's the problem, though. Most people work really hard not to feel unpleasant feelings because <laughs> we don't want to feel them. So, so we do three things. We, we pretend they're not there. I don't feel them. I'm fine. So we have this tragic situation happen or this thing in life that throws us off balance and all of a sudden we pretend I'm fine, I'm good. Or we move to the second one, which we just deny it. It's not that big of a deal. You ever looked at somebody in the face and said, man, how did that change your life? And you go, oh, it didn't, I'm fine. But deep down, you know, they're not fine and you're not fine. And it can lead to the third thing, which is even worse, we distort it. We try to... um, try to bend reality, right? Oh, it's not really that bad. The truth is part of understanding difficult emotions is trying to figure out why we avoid them. And the reason we don't want to feel is because feeling exposes the tragedy of our world, the tragedy of our heart. Because here's the truth. Feelings expose the illusion that life is safe, good, and predictable when we all know that it's not. And so what do we do? We live in a culture that feeds into this obsessiveness of not having to feel things. Because now we live in a culture where you don't have to feel your emotions. You can numb out on Facebook. You can numb out on Netflix. You can numb out on all different sorts of things. We have built mechanisms into our culture so that we don't have to feel. This is why Americans are literally encountering this mental health crisis. But I want to argue this morning and even maybe suggest that when we feel our feelings, that they actually expose our struggle with God. When we feel that pain, that rejection, that that's where God actually wants to meet us in. He wants to meet us in the middle of our deepest hurts and our deepest pains. So it may look like something like this. The reason you're angry is because your neighbor, who's a whole lot worse than you, didn't get cancer and you did. And you go, whoa, 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 God, I've served you my whole life. Why did this happen to me and not them? Are you checking the cards? Like, they're way worse than I am. Or the reason you're bitter is because you feel like God forgot about you. Or the reason you're distant is because God didn't meet your expectation. You had this expectation of how you thought life should go and it didn't happen that way. See, emotions are like a roller coaster. It's the reason that we avoid them. Because how many of you know some days you're up, some days you're down? <laughs> you ever had that? Something bad happens and it just takes you down. And then for some weird reason, you wake up in the morning and you feel joy. Like, why is that? You don't even know why. You're like, well, I guess today's just a good day. 
It's like this roller coaster. But the truth is, our emotions connect our inner world to the ups and downs of life. And sometimes the connection, sometimes the reason we don't want to feel our emotions is because it's too much for us to bear. Because to be aware of what we feel can open up the questions that we would rather ignore. <laughs> so when we start feeling things, now we've got to start asking ourselves some tough questions. Oh, the reason I feel anger every time I get around men is because my father abused me. And see, when you start to answer that question, it, it begs you to answer a deeper question. That we have a distrust and that we have all these things that we're genuinely feeling. So for many of us, we have chosen not to feel at all. So we numb. So we push it off, we push it down, we say we're okay, we're fine, and we start to shove it down. And I think most people tend on two spectrums. They end up feeling too much or they feel nothing at all. And we can be caught in between the extremes of these things. And the truth is, emotions are a lot like the wind. They're full of mystery. can come in just a blast. All of a sudden, they're there, and it leaves havoc and debris in the wake behind us. You know what I've learned over the past few years is this, and I've I've found this to be so much more true the older that I've gotten, is emotions are the least reliable yet most influential forces that guide our lives. They're the least reliable, but yet they're the most influential things that cause us to make the decisions that we make in our lives. Some days we feel great. Some days we feel confident. Some days we feel like God is for us and he loves us. And then some days we've just fallen off of a cliff. So, until we can learn to feel our emotions, first we have to answer this question. Why, can, why are emotions so difficult? Why are they so difficult? Why are they so challenging? Why do we, or better yet, why do we avoid our feelings? Why do we avoid them? The truth is, to feel pain hurts, <laughs> right? To feel hurt hurts. To feel shame shames. To feel loss only intensifies sorrow. Why would we want to feel these things? But all emotions, positive or negative, opens the door to the nature of reality, of where we're at right now. And you know, I said this in the first service, and I can't, this is so true. God does not want to meet you in your distortion of reality, but he wants to meet you in your reality, where you're at right now. Not what you're trying to hide, not what you're trying to stuff down, not what you're trying to give the appearance of everything that is okay, but God says, in your brokenness, in your pain, I want to meet you right there. The problem is all of us would prefer to avoid our pain. <laughs> There's not a single person in here that's like, God, just sign me up for pain and trial and sorrow. <laughs> the truth is, I think the reason we avoid our emotions is because we want to escape reality. We don't want to live in this reality. It's, why we, it's, why, it's the primary reason that Facebook is so addictive. Because we can live vicariously through other people. Look how exciting their life is. We can get some kind of rush out of that. And as a result, we don't know how to live in the present world anymore. Because we're living in a false reality. It's the reason that you go to a restaurant and nobody can look at each other in the eyes anymore. (laughs) You're on date night and you're both on Facebook. (laughs) How was the date? It was great. We scrolled the whole time. (laughs) 
Like we don't not have personal connection anymore because we're stuffing emotions. I think the truth is scripture teaches us that emotions remind us of the tragic reality that we're not home. The tragic reality that we actually weren't made for this present world. We were made to spend eternity with the Lord. Paul describes it as this inward groaning, equating it to the agony of childbirth. And every mom in here says, that was painful. You, you get this metaphor that he's talking about. Watch what he says in Romans 8, 22 and 23. He says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning This ache inside, this feeling that you feel as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, I want you to watch this church people, okay? Because you say, well, if I've surrendered and submitted my life to God, I shouldn't feel that ache. Watch what he says. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. So he's saying we're full of the Spirit. But we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to our sonship, the redemption of our bodies. At this moment, the entire world is caught up in the agony of childbirth. The groaning for there is something that is missing. It's why Jesus sent his son. For you and for me, so that you could actually deal with the reality that you face right now so that you can feel that fear, so that you could feel that anger, so that you could feel that bitterness, and God says, I can meet you right there. You don't have to clean it up before I can get to you. I'll meet you in the middle of the anger. I'll meet you in the middle of the abandonment that you feel, in the middle of the bitterness that you feel. But see, in desperation, each of us tries to find a way to dull the intensity of the groaning. God, how do I take the edge off? The problem also with this too is sometimes as Christians we feel guilty for even feeling things. So we have other emotions that mask the real emotions that are actually affecting us. So here's what I mean by this. We feel sad about something, but now we feel shameful that we feel sad about it so we don't even deal with the sadness and we just go to shame. So we feel shame. I shouldn't feel sad. We bypass loss by giving in to jealousy. Instead of grieving and mourning the person that you loved is no longer with you, you give in to jealousy and, well, why is their mom still with them and God took mine? And so you mask one emotion with the next. In other words, we use one emotion to hide from the other more painful emotions. This is why we have a mental health problem. Because we have so many emotions that we're not feeling. But you see, the beauty and the majesty of Jesus is he says, if you can feel those things, not suppress them, not numb them, I'll meet you in the middle of it. Unfortunately, in many Christian circles, passionate emotions are discouraged as unspiritual. So so let me explain to you what I mean. You are considered godly if you handle difficult trials with a detached and fake confidence. So you go through hell in your life. And you put on this veneer and this costume that says, I'm fine. And you tell everybody else that you're fine. And so other people look at you and say, man, you're so strong. You have so much confidence. I've never once seen you break down. You know what the truth is in all of that? It's just plain wrong. Because you're human. There are times when a lack of emotion is simply the byproduct of a hardness and arrogance of the heart. 
It's not confidence. The scriptures reveal that the absence of feelings is often the refusal to face the sorrows of life. Scripture teaches us this in Isaiah 47, 8. He says this, Now then, listen, you lover of pleasure, lounging in your security and saying to yourself, watch this, I am and there is none besides me. Now watch with this, this, this quote. I will never be a widow or suffer the loss of a, children, of a child. We've all done it, right? You ever seen the family? Unfortunately, that loses a family member, a kid, and immediately you kind of dive into this, and that's so unfortunate, but thank God that'll never be me. This is what this verse is saying. He's saying nobody dives into this world and nobody escapes without bleeding. (laughs) Everybody's gonna bleed. It's a matter of how are you going to feel when you dive through that? Are you going to allow God to meet you in the middle of it? Or are you going to suppress one emotion with another and you just keep stacking them? Could it be possibly that the reason that you can't connect with the Lord is because you have not dealt with your emotional baggage? The stuff that you've been stuffing down. Revelations 18.7 almost repeats the same verse in Isaiah. It says, Give her as much torment and grief as the glory and luxury she gave herself. It says this, in her heart she boasts or she's prideful. I sit enthroned as a queen, not a widow, I will never mourn. Yet again, trying to remove herself from the suffering and the trials of life. Do you know that every single author of scripture did not escape without some tragedy or suffering that they faced? Unfortunately, specifically in the Western American culture, we buy into this fact that God, give me everything but pain. (laughs) You know, pain can actually be quite a blessing because it's the only thing, the only thing that grows you up. It is the only thing that allows you to mature because you have a decision to make when you suffer. You can stuff your emotions and you can blame God or you can say, I don't understand, but God, you're still good. See, a refusal to embrace our emotions is an attempt to escape the agony of childbirth. The illusion that we live in this safe world. A better way to say it would be this. It's an attempt to deal with a God who does not relieve our pain. (laughs) It's an attempt to deal, we stuff our emotions because can we just be honest? We're mad at God. Why did you allow this to happen? If you remember anything I say, remember this, because this is going to frame throughout this entire series. We must view the ups and downs of our emotional life not as a problem to be resolved, but as a cry to be heard. Your emotions are not a problem to be solved. God gave them to you for a reason. Do you know fear doesn't have to be a bad thing? It, It can awaken something in your soul. Anger is not necessarily sinful. We see this throughout the scriptures. Says Jesus got angry and did not sin. I would love to know how he did that. <laughs> but we view the ups and downs of life as not how do I solve this problem? How do I alleviate suffering? That's called Buddhism. <laughs> but no, how do I walk through this? God, how do you meet me in the middle of this pain? in the middle of these emotions, how can I say that you are still good even when I don't understand? 
You can only get to that place when you start learning to listen to your emotions. This is why we titled this series, Feel Your Emotions. God would say, you got to learn to feel them. Because emotions open the door to asking tough questions. So I shared this with the first service. And um, so yesterday, uh, our family pet got hit by a truck didn't make it. The boy, my two older boys saw it all happen. It was traumatic for them. They spent yesterday crying. Today, this morning, they're crying. And when that happened, I really felt like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me in that moment. And it was this, Zach, let them feel what they need to feel. And don't try to tell them what they shouldn't feel. Because how many of you know as a parent, especially when your kids are in pain, you want to remove it from them. (laughs) I don't want you to feel that. So in that moment, I could have made a decision, like I could have just distracted the heck out of them so they didn't have to think about it. But I really just felt God tell me, just let them feel it. They're angry, let them be angry. So I looked at both of them. I said, if you're angry, be angry. If you're sad, be sad. You know what my 10-year-old son asked me? He said, if God is such a good God, why would he do that? 10 years old. I'm like, I don't have the answer to that. (laughs) I don't have the answer to that question. And then he, then he starts thinking, and he goes, you know what? If I was God, I would have saved him. Okay. <laughs> and so the way that we explain it in our house is this. Is that, and I've told my boys this for a while. I said, as human beings, we live on this thing called a timeline. Past, present, and future. We only can know the past and we know the present. We don't know what the future looks like. And we only see one part of the picture. But here's the beauty of God. He doesn't live on this thing called a timeline. He steps outside of it. And so the things that we think are so horrible and so horrendous and so bad and so evil, could it be that he sees a piece of the picture that we don't? Could it be, not that he causes it, but that he does allow certain things to happen so that we can get to the future, and when we get to the future, that we're actually the man and the woman of God that he needs us to be so that we can be able to walk through the things in the future that he has us to walk through. See, we don't always understand, but if you learn to feel your emotions, you start asking yourself questions like that. Does life make sense? Why didn't God save my mom? Is there really any purpose in my pain? Why must every relationship that I dive into be so difficult or end? Is God really good? Hear me, if you want to understand and know yourself honestly, we've got to learn to listen to our emotions because God is going to begin to speak to us through those things. problem is we often stuff our emotions due to the voices in our head saying things like this. Maybe this might sound familiar. Ignore what you feel. It'll only get you in more trouble. What about this one? Get control of your feelings and repent for your negative thoughts. You're a Christian. You shouldn't be thinking negatively. Or maybe even this one. Do you not have enough faith? Why are you thinking that way? See, The scriptures reveal that our inner world is extremely complex. And it's a lot more complex than you just telling yourself to get a grip. (laughs) 
it's so complex and our emotions are so complex because we don't even know ourselves. You ever got in an argument with your spouse and you said some things and you're like, why in the world did I just say that? I cannot believe those words just came out of my mouth. Like you're arguing and the next thing you know, you just brought up something from 10 years ago. (laughs) Like what? Where did that come from? We're so complex. Jeremiah 17, 9 says it this, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. What is the scripture saying? You don't even know your own heart as well as you think you do. The scripture goes on to say, it says, only God knows who you really are. The psalmist actually calls us to ponder our emotions, to feel them, to think about them, not to stuff them. He says in, in Psalms 42, 11, he says, why my soul are you downcast? He asks himself a question that begs an answer. It says, okay, why am I here? Why am I feeling this depression? Why am I feeling this anger? I read this quote. I can't remember who the author was, but it's a book I've been reading. And he says this, and it was so powerful. He says, ignoring our emotions is turning our back on reality. Listening to our emotions ushers us into reality, and reality is where we meet God. See, God wants to meet you where you're at right now, not in the version that you're trying to create by stuffing things down. If you really want to know God, you have to feel your emotions. And listen, I know this. I I, I know for some of you, when you hear this stuff, You even know that it rings true for you, but it is the scariest thing that you would ever have to do. Feel them? Do you understand what you're asking me to do? That means that I'd have to forgive a spouse who left me. That means I'd have to forgive a dad who wasn't there or a mom who abused me. It dives into some deeper questions, doesn't it? It dives into this reality that is ugly and messy, and not pretty, and super unclean. But the truth is, emotions reveal how we're doing with God. So if we want to feel our emotions, we have to start learning to listen to them. Learn to stop and ask, why did I just have that burst of anger? How come when my wife came in the room and just said two words, I got so angry? Because maybe those words reminded you of something else in your past, and you're not really angry at her, but she just brought it out. Ever had that happen? Have a conversation with a friend, and you start talking about something, and they bring up something that all of a sudden brings up all these feelings that you haven't felt in a long time? But we easily forget that change, listen to me, real authentic change only comes from brutal honesty and vulnerability before the Lord. God, this is where I'm at. This is the sorrow that I feel. This is the anger. This is the frustration. Do you know it's, you know it's okay to be angry, even at God, if that's where you're at? You know there's an entire book of the Bible of people doing just that? The Psalms? You know Psalms 88 is the only Psalms in all of the Psalms that doesn't even have a resolve? The very last verse of Psalms 88 is saying, he's, he's saying it to God. You've abandoned me, you've left me, and now darkness is my closest friend. Like if somebody ended a conversation with you like that, you're like, well, 
where do we go from here? <laughs> right? That's where it ends. Why is that psalm in there? I've often wondered that. I think it's in there because it genuinely just displays how we feel sometimes. And could it be that until you get to a place of really reckoning with those things, that that's where freedom is going to be? Because here's what, as I bring this to a close, here's what I want you to understand. Emotions are like messengers from the front lines of a battle zone. But our tendency is to kill the messenger because we don't like the message. See, our emotions are the indicators. They're the blinking lights. They're the messengers coming to us saying, your anger is trying to tell you something. But so unfortunately, we shove them down. We don't want to feel them. But if we could, could they possibly be trying to tell us something? Hey, I'm trying to tell you how to get out of this. See, listening to your emotions will actually teach you the language of the heart. And if you can know the language of the heart, you'll begin to know the language of the Father. That the deepest aches in our life reveal our deepest questions about God. I wrote this down in April of last year, going through a darker season of my life, and I find it to be so true. And maybe it'll ring true for you in this moment. God meets you in your weakness, not in your strength. We can prove that scripturally. He comforts those who mourn, not those who live above desperation. He reveals himself more often in darkness than in happy moments. It's just who God is. So if you think that you got to avoid the darkness because God is not there, do you know that there's a psalm that actually says that he is near to the brokenhearted? That he's closest to you when you're in pain. That he's closest to you when you find yourself in darkness. The scriptures actually teach us that if you want genuine strength, embrace your weakness. Because here's the truth. If you ignore your emotions, you choose not to feel them, and you choose to continue on life, here's what we say to the Lord. I can do this in my own strength. And because God is so gracious and merciful, sometimes he just lets us. just lets us and then we wonder and we question why we feel all these things so i just want to offer this to you this morning and listen i know this is not like any of the other sermon series like some of you probably walking out of here and you feel this heaviness it's not a like this is not a sermon at the end where it's like all right let's go shake hands and everybody like just come hug each other it's not one of those like i know some of us feel this and we feel it deep down, and it's terrifying. But let me close with this. Do you want to live a fragment, a moment of your life where you embrace the pain and you dive into some deeper things? It's gonna hurt, and God's gonna meet you there, or do you wanna live the rest of your life feeling the way that you feel right now? I don't know about you, but I'd rather dive into the waves right now. I'd just rather, God, just 
put me in, help me go through this, reveal what you need to reveal, and it's going to hurt, it's going to be painful, and it's going to suck. Can I say that in church? I just did. (laughs) It's not going to feel good. But that's where you're going to meet God. That's where you're going to meet God.